Welcome back to Resolved. We all encounter difficult issues at times, life can get tough, and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through Him, we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message is about lighthouses. From a spiritual perspective, learn what they are and what they do. Next on Resolved. Now, let's join Pastor Tom Porter. If you would, get your Bibles out. We're going, to tur- we're going to look at just one verse, well, several, but just for re- reading, John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8 and verse 12. You go ahead and find your place there. That'll be great. John 8 and verse 12. A little bit about a lighthouse. What does the lighthouse do? Um, number one, it gives security knowing that it will always be there. Um, it, its foundation is fast. Its foundation is solid. And we think about Jesus Christ and uh, his steadfastness. And he is always there. Uh, it gives direction, does it not? I've been told that the beam on that, have you ever noticed the beam goes around, right? And then where, depending on where you're at, out in sea, then when that beam comes right perpendicular to you, it flashes, doesn't it? And then it's just the beam that goes all the way back around. Then he comes right to you, boom, you know. Well, the, the sailors knew to time the rotation of that beam, and they timed it with their watch. And depending upon how many seconds or however much time it took to make a full turn, then they looked at their chart. Let's say it took 35 seconds. They looked at their chart, and they said, oh, that's the Ponce Inlet lighthouse. That's where I'm at. Even when you're socked in with weather, you cannot see the shore, but you can see that piercing beam that, that, that filters through the, the fog, and you know where you're at. You see, lighthouses give direction as the Word of God gives us direction. A lighthouse is faithful, and that is because of the person called the lighthouse keeper. Man, they're, they're available 24-7. Back in the old day when it was the, the kerosene lamp and the, the wicks, and uh, they, they stayed in the lighthouse. And uh, they took care of things, and they were there, and uh, they risked their life. You can just imagine that guy. What if the waves were coming the other way? Oh, my soul. Being a lighthouse keeper was one of the hardest jobs uh, around 100 years ago. Grueling hours willing to put their lives on the, on, their, on the line. And you know our church here at Temple Baptist Church, standing tall on the west bank of US-1 in North Bavard County, Central Florida, the East Coast, is a lighthouse. And every pastor that ever lived has called their church a lighthouse, and churches need to be a lighthouse, need to be giving direction, need to be giving comfort, need to be giving uh, safety and being there to warn of danger. Faithful to keep the light of the gospel shining bright. We need to be that. We need to be that here. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but we live in a dark world. We live in a sin-sick world. There are things going on. When I was playing tennis uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida in high school, we had a little kid. He was about 10 years old, and he stood there at the fence, and he used the most awful 
a profane language. I, I could not believe my ears. Here's this little kid, and our coach was there. The adult was there and everything, you know? And, 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 and we just couldn't believe that. That happens now with four- and five-year-olds. And the words they use and, the, and, and the, just the sin, it's the sin that abounds. And I thank God for the verse in the Bible that says, where, grace, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. But we need to be a lighthouse. We need to be a lighthouse here in our community. Do people know you as one that shares uh, uh, the light of Jesus Christ? Can people see Christ living in you? The lighthouse gives warning as the Word of God does. The lighthouse gives assurance and comfort as the Holy Spirit does. A lighthouse gives safety as well. I heard this many years ago about a radio transmission that went on between a naval ship and up in Newfoundland, up in Canada, uh, th this radio contact that went back and forth. And the, up there in Newfoundland, it was uh, communicating, the Navy ship was, the U.S. Navy ship was communicating with what they call the CND. And so the U.S. ship, seeing a light ahead, he radioed, and uh, the captain said, hey, please divert your course 0.5 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. And the CD, CND replied, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. The U.S. ship radioed back, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. And the CND replied, no, I say again, you divert your course. And the U.S. ship replied, this is the aircraft carrier USS Coral Sea. We are a large warship of the United States Navy. Divert your course now. And the CND replied, this is a lighthouse. Your call. <laughs> Let us all stand and read John chapter 8 and verse 12. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus, saying again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in, what? Darkness. Darkness, but shall have the, what? Light of life. Father, bless the message, and may we be hearers of the word and doers of the word. May we catch the vision that we are to be the light of the world, and that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and we're to reflect his love to others around us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I want you to stay right there in John chapter 8, but I want you to bump up to verse number 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, this is the woman that was caught with adultery, in the act of adultery. And uh, so Jesus is talking with her, and he says, Woman, where are those thine accusers? You see, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they had brought her to Jesus, uh, and, and really, uh, by Mosaic law, she was to be stoned to death. If a woman back in biblical days, in those days, if she was caught in adultery, they had every legal um, cause to stone her to death. And so they bring her to Jesus. And uh, Jesus says, Where art thou, thou uh, thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And verse 11, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus saith unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Was Jesus there to... Uh, circumvent the mosaic system no he was placing his cross 
He was placing his cross between the woman and her sin. And that's what Jesus Christ does. He places his life, his shed blood on Calvary's cross for the forgiveness of that lady's sins. He did not come, Christ did not come to condemn the world. He came to bring salvation. And so he came to say to this lady, I put the cross, I'm going to die. It hasn't happened yet. I'm going to... The cross fell. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm going to die for you in the next few days, and I'm going to shed my blood for you. And so, Jesus Christ said to the woman, and, and, and then he said to the men, you know, he said, hey, you know, he that has the first, uh, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. So Jesus came. We all must understand that we are born sinners. We have to understand that. A person does not sin because they're a sinner. A person is a sinner, is a sinner because they, a person sins because they're a sinner. And when you ask Jesus Christ to save you and to cleanse you from all your sin, and, and that's what salvation is. A farmer went to his three boys and he said, Fellas, I'm going to someday give up the farm. I'll be too old to work the farm. And so I want to give one of you the farm. All three of you can't manage it because they'll be feuding and fighting and fussing. But I'll give it to one of you. The one son that within 12-hour period, from 12 noon to 12 midnight, the one son that will uh, fill the barn the fullest will be able to get it. So the first son, his time came, and 12 noon hit, and so he started stacking. Of course, down in southwest Florida, he knows a lot of sugar cane, and he started stacking sugar cane in the barn, and only came up as high as the rafters. That's all he could do. So he had to pull it all out the next 12 hours, and then the second son, he goes up, and uh, he starts putting sand, a lot of sand in Florida. He has a front-end loader, and he's, he's burning it up, putting sand in the barn. And he can only get it about half full. So the next 12 hours, he's taking it all out. And then the third son, third son goes in and uh, sets up a chair and, uh, at noon, and he just sets in it. And all of them are going, man, this guy, he's crazy. He's not doing anything. And one minute... At 11.59 p.m., one minute before the midnight hour, the sun got up in a room in a barn that was totally dark and walked over to the light switch, pulled the chain, and the lights came on and filled the barn with light. You see, light removes darkness. Light reveals imperfections. And so he got the barn. You know, Jesus uses ordinary, the ordinary to speak to the extraordinary. He uses the physical to speak to the spiritual. He uses the temporal to speak to the eternal. And here and now, he uses to speak to the hereafter. Uh, he uses the earthly to speak to the heavenly. He uses the limit to speak to the unlimited. He uses the finite to speak to the infinite. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am all the I am's. I am the door. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. And, and I am the vine, you are the branches. And here Jesus is saying in John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. 
And he has just exposed the sin of the scribes and the Pharisees here in this passage. And, and uh, they, they had to run. They had to leave because they were not without sin. Have you ever gone into a, a shed and at night and turned the lights on and noticed how quick the cockroaches run? <laughs> or the mice? Yeah, you know what it is? Lights on! Before you turn the light on, they were munching on your toothbrush. <laughs> Why is that? Because they, they, they're, they're people of the darkness. They're, they're, they're roaches and, and, and the mice, yeah, and the rats and all those. They love the darkness. Light enables us to see things that, that were there all along, but because of the darkness, we couldn't see it. Darkness conceals and light reveals. Without light, we can't see anything. C.S. Lewis said this, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun. <laughs> Not only because I see it, but because by it all other things are seen. John 3, 21. Turn with me. You're already in the book of John. Just go back a little bit. John chapter 3, verse 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. John 3, 21. It says, but he that doeth uh, truth cometh to the what? The light that his deeds may be made manifest or that word means to be made known that they are wrought or done through God. So he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made known that they are done by the things of God. Look Now turn with me to Ephesians. It's Old, New Testament. Keep on going. Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to see this. And we're going to park here just for a moment. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Oh, the rustling of the pages of the Word of God. All right. Are you there? Say amen. Yeah. But all things, all things that are reproved, that means having their true character. You've been, you've been proofed. You've been reproved. You know, we know what your true character is. All things that are reproved are made manifest. There's that word again. They're made known. How? By the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Whatever reveals light is a revealer. And then verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Verse 15, See then that ye walk circumspectly, or that word means cautiously, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Light reveals danger. That was best brought to light, pun intended, to me when I used to do a lot of caving, spelunking they called it. And there was a cave down in North Georgia, just south of Chattanooga, at Cloudon Canyon State Park called Case Cave. It wasn't open to the public. And, um, and I've used illustrations about that, about the little boy and all of that. A lot of things happened to us. Uh, we stayed in that cave sometimes two nights, three days. You'd lose all, you'd lose all uh, uh, about time and everything. It just changed. You're, you're down in the, in the pit of the earth. And it was really, it was really amazing. But there's one thing that you never, ever wanted to do. 
and that is step on a shadow. Oh, you're walking along, and it's muddy, it's tacky, it's moist in there. There's rivers. Uh, there was one place we would take our scuba gear, and we would take a, an inflatable raft if we needed it, and, and we would go across this stream. But sometimes there would be a fat flash flood somewhere else, uh, you know, outside the cave. And within, within 30 minutes or so, that little trickle of a stream would flood the whole room, and we would have to use our scuba gear to get to the other side if we ever got caught back there. Thank God we never got caught. But we, that's how deep we would go into the ground. And I would put myself, I couldn't do it today. I could barely get in that cave today. But uh, back when I was 176 pounds soaking wet, uh, we, we would crawl through just small orifices that, that we would just be squeezing ourselves through, not knowing what's at the other end. Not knowing because we couldn't turn around. You had all your gear and all your equipment on you. You try it, you can't turn around. Man, I, the older I get, the more claustrophobic I become. Does that happen to you? Yeah? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I get a little nervous just being in here, but anyway. <laughs> Man. And you could be walking along, and, and, and you're talking, and, and, and there would be rooms twice, three, to, four times the size of this hall. You could fly a helicopter around in it. They called it the blue, the blue room. And you could walk around, but if there was a shadow, you did not commit the sin of assumption. That is, assuming that that is as solid as the ground you're now standing on. You kept your light shining before you, ever so careful. That because if you, there, there's, there's, we have seen the abyss in that cave. Light gives warning. Light reveals sin in our lives life reveals redeeming the time because the days are evil in closing this morning Christians I want to talk to you for a moment are you walking in the darkness or are you choosing to walk in light where are you walking are you walking with the Lord or are you kind of walking away from the Lord oh you can't walk away the Lord if you're a Christian want to bet that's why God says, if you'll, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. But you've got to draw close to me. I've used this a thousand times as an illustration. The husband's sitting on a bench seat in the front of the pickup truck, and his wife says, how come we don't sit with your arm around me side by side in the truck anymore? And he looked at her and said, honey, I've never moved. I'm still behind this wheel. I'm still driving. You're the one that's inched away now on the other side of the bench seat. And Jesus knows that. And Jesus says, if you'll draw close unto him, how do we do that, Pastor? How do we draw close to the Lord? I, I believe, number one, it starts with fervent prayer. Now, you're already born again. You're a child of the king. You've been blood-bought. You've been grafted into the family of God. But how's your prayer life? Are you, are you spending genuine time? We've had a whole lesson on that a few weeks ago. But that's where it starts. Communication starts the relationship getting better and better and better. Men, when things don't go right, they just get lockjawed, don't they? Yeah. And the wife said, why don't we talk about it? Let's just talk about it. And the more she says that, the tighter your lockjaw gets. It's just the way it is. 
And fellas, we need to unlock those jaws. We need to sit. We need to talk. And, uh, and we need to listen. And that's what prayer is. It's talking to God, but it's also listening to God. It starts there. It also starts by having a, a, a Bible study. And we afford a Bible study every Sunday morning here to get you in the Word of God. And I will tell you, you can listen to some of the greatest preachers in all the world on the Internet. You can listen to some bums, too. So you have to be careful. But you can hear some good preaching. No Christian today needs to starve to death. I'm starving to death. I don't like that church because I just starve. I'm just starving. Well, bless God, start eating. So start drawing close to God. If you're a Christian here this morning and you've, you've kind of drifted away, you've let the things of the world kind of catch your eye and move you out, then let me encourage you, start praying, start reading your Bible, start being faithful. And you're here, so I can't tell you start coming to church because you're here. Be in church. Get involved with church people. Some of you need to change friends, perhaps. Not ostracize them, not forget about them, you know, not cuss them out or whatever. But just get some good friends, get some godly friends. Get somebody that's more spiritual than you and hang with them for a while. Start feeding your, your mind and your heart with the things of God. You know, the Bible says that the man, a man loveth darkness rather than light. Why? Because his deeds are what? Evil. That's right. Why, why do most crimes happen at night? Most murders happen at night. Most adultery happens at night. We just, we just, we want to, we want to hide it. We don't want people to see it. You go to a bar and the bar is all, all dark, you know, so you kind of hide in a corner, nobody see. You know, the difference between, oh, I better not say that. I have to let that go. All right. It's a good one. I'll tell you later. More people get drunk at nighttime than they do in daytime. Robbery. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I am not sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Maybe you're a guest here today. It doesn't matter. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, how do I get to know that? Admit to him you're a sinner. That dear lady yesterday, she readily admit her sins to Christ. She said, Christ, I know I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me from my sins. Do you realize that the Bible says that if we're lost and, and we're not saved, that, that, uh, that you will spend an eternity in a literal burning hell. Mm. But God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know Christ as your Savior? If not, we're going to give a hymn of invitation just in a moment. Mark's going to play. And the first stanza of that song, you ought to be running down here and saying, man, how can I know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die? Christians, you need to be praying, saying, God, forgive me. I, I have strayed, and God, I, I, I've walked away from you. But be like the prodigal son and, and, and come back to the Lord. Do that. I encourage you to do that. Your happiest days are ahead of you, but they're not going to be happy if you're not walking with the Lord. When I'm not walking with God, I become sad. I become discouraged. But when I'm walking with the Lord and I see God's favor upon my life and I see things happening, I see the hand of God moving and going before me and preparing the way and, and lighting the way and giving me peace. Man, why, why do I want to leave that stuff? The flesh is so weak. 
Why do I want to leave that? Won't it be great? That's why heaven will be so wonderful. There'll be no more sin in heaven. There'll be no more temptation. And we'll be freed from that. We're not under bondage, dear people. We're not. As children of God, we're not under bondage. We've been freed in Christ Jesus. And we have this battle that goes on between good and evil. And so let's, let's choose. It's a choice. There's only two choices upon the shelf. Live for God or live for self. So let's, let, let's choose to live for the Lord. Let's choose to be a lighthouse. Let's choose to let Jesus Christ shine in us. That people might see Jesus in us. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from Him? You know, the Bible says, Whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal Savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church. Titusville, Florida, USA. If you wish to send us a question or comment, reach out to us by email at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. Make sure you visit our website at www.templebc.net. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.